In this episode of 9-2-I Talks, Edie Falco discusses her acclaimed career and her new role as the title character of CBS's new series, Tommy, with Michelle Miller. Falco is already generating buzz for her nuanced portrayal of the first female chief of the LAPD, a character navigating between her job in a male-dominated field, a fractured relationship with her estranged adult daughter, and her life in the LGBTQ community. The conversation was recorded on February 5th, 2020, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. So, Edie Falco, what have you gotten yourself into? I couldn't begin to tell you. I don't know. I read the script and I really liked it, and now I'm doing this thing. So, this is network TV. It's, How about that? You've done it before. Well, I. A little bit. You mean the Menendez? Yeah. Yeah. Other Menendez. than that, I haven't really done a ton of network. I don't. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's this a is, whole different world. Does it feel a little different? I don't know. Not not really. I mean, we don't curse on this thing, and we all keep our clothes on. But uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, a good story is a good story, and I couldn't care less where it's being shown. Uh, let's talk about this story because I mean, is there anything you don't tackle? I I, I look at Tommy. Here she is. She's like the nicest badass I think I've ever seen. Oops, I cursed. But she really is. She's a nice woman, moralistic, right? Has a standing, but yet is very complicated. Has a lot of backstory, a lot going on. Why did you want to play her? Well, it's, you just described everybody I know and love to mm. be perfectly honest. And I wanted to play her because for that reason, because she is complicated. Um, you know, I've played a lot of complicated people, and they are great fun. You know, it gives you a lot to grapple with. And Tommy's complicated, but she has a moral through line that I found tremendously appealing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't always feel that way, based on some of these other characters I've played. But she really has a very solid, strong sense of right and wrong. And it seems to, even when it's inconvenient or difficult to to uh, to make happen, it seems to be what runs what runs her life. And and what is in her life? She is a gay woman who is pretty on the line of, about it, but is someone who doesn't want to be in a relationship, it does, seems to kind of back away from uh, advances here. She's a mom who was absent from her child. Uh, That's bad. How do you get around that? And where you go? Well, you know, uh, it's kind of prickly. It is, but there are a lot of women who have children and who have a job that is time and energy consuming. And if you're lucky, as I am, that you have a job that you absolutely love, that um, you do the best you can in both of those circumstances. You spend a lot of time beating yourself up, sure that you're doing both jobs poorly or not as well as someone else might. And I've recently discovered, like in the last couple of years, everybody feels this way. Everybody thinks they're not good enough at whatever they're, they have given themselves to do. But I can say for sure to my children now and when they grow up and start asking me that I really am doing the best I can. But I, I know for myself, I could not not be an actress. Mm. It's the thing that keeps me breathing, honestly. Uh, has brought me joy more than anything else as a, as a thing to do as like a pastime and certainly as a career brought me more joy than anything else and I couldn't not do it. 
They, my kids would not want to know me if that was not a part of my life. I'm not sure they want to know me anyway right now, but. <laughs> but Tommy made a choice. She, here she was, she, she decided for, I mean, if, when you get to see, there's a whole lot more than what the uh, trailer just explained to you because there's a whole backstory that hits on every hot topic known to mankind. I'm not sure quite how the writers are gonna keep <laughs> this break, break, break neck, breakneck pace, mm -hmm. but please ensure us that they will. Well, I imagine never having worked in a real police precinct, that it must be something like that. I mean, there's 600 things going on at any given time, and she's got her personal life. So everybody who works in an environment like that uh, has got some version of that anyway. Um, we you know, had a season of 12 episodes, 12 episodes, and uh, there were tons of issues that were brought up and some that kind of wove from one episode to another. And, uh, you know, we, we do our best to tackle them as best we can in the time allotted. List a few for us. What can folks out in the audience expect? Well, you know, I can also tell you, turn on your, you know, the news. And so we're, that's what we're dealing with, the stuff that we deal with in real life. Like uh, some of it is specific to LA, mudslides, fires, things that don't, <laughs> you know, we don't talk about much in New York. Um, but some of it is nationwide, maybe worldwide, like uh, um, sex trafficking, uh, adoptions. Uh, coronavirus. So we didn't get there. We didn't do coronavirus. <laughs> we didn't do a virus, right? That's, uh, we better get picked up. We got to do a whole virus thing. Um, but uh, yeah, lots, of, a million other topics. I mean, every time I'd read a new script, I was like, oh, right, there's that chaos input into the script and how she approaches this as a woman, um, what Tommy does differently in, in the role of a leader and a pioneering leader. You know, uh, I have great um, respect for and trust in the writers, writers in general, because it's something I don't know how to do. And I am so uh, impressed by someone who starts with nothing and creates a whole something. And I work with writers that I trust. so. For the most part, I feel very, it's very been made clear to me that I can have as much input as I want. Um, but it turns out I don't want a whole lot. You know, mm. I like reading the script. If there's something that I think, oh, you know, I don't know if she would do this, or I think she might say this, I've been given tremendous amount of power in that regard. Um, but as far as uh, nothing has felt wrong yet. Does, does she, I mean, are there things that she does differently, Tommy, in this role as a woman? I mean, she, I mean, she is a pioneer. I mean, there were only the, the first police chief that was a woman in this country of a major city or in a major city was in 1985 mm. in Portland, Oregon. The second came 10 years later. Wow. After she failed on the job, 17 months she was in and she was run out. Because she did a bad job? Or they just said because... because she did a bad mm. job. It's, mm. question. it's questionable. Yeah. Then in Atlanta, you had your second. And that was 1995, 90, right. 10 years later. So and, and how would you say she handles this? Because she knows that history. Yeah. And she feels the pressure of what it must be. She said it right there in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. I, I am not sure I agree that she feels the pressure. I think she knows the statistics. But I think another thing she knows that I guess I've sort of decided, and it, it's, I think, backed up by the writing, is that she was a cop in New York. 
Her father was a cop in New York. She's from that community. It's been, uh, it's everything she's known since she was small. And she knows that she is the right person for this job. She knows she can do it. She knows she can do it probably better than a lot of people. You know, she's more than competent. And she also knows, in my imagination, that um, she, people aren't going to like that because it's different. And different is scary for a lot of people. But I think also it's not her problem. It's their problem. She's going to go there and she's going to do her job. And people are going to say things about it. If it's not relevant, you just move past it. They have to deal with the fact that there's a woman in charge. But she doesn't have to deal with it any differently. She just has to do her job. It, was it, was it eye-opening for you um, researching? What kind of research did you <laughs> do? I'm from LA. So yeah. um, and I, by the way, speaking of New York cops transferred to Los Angeles, Serendipity is a funny thing because I, of course, work with Ricky Kleeman, who is married to Bill Bratton, who was the commissioner here and of course. be police chief of Los Angeles. And I said, hey, I'm interviewing Edie Falco about this new series. Oh, no. And she, I said, what, what would Bill ask her? What would you ask her? Oh, she no. Said, she said, well, you know, you know, the first thing is I think I've seen like a clip and uh, I've seen that belt, and uh, according to her, LAPD requirement is that you wear the fully equipped belt, which weighs something like 20 pounds. As a chief? As a, as a chief, as a chief. And she said that it nearly took Bill out. No. So Bill is, Bill is asking, it's kind of heavy. Is she no, gonna wear it? I've ha I wear the belt. She wears the belt um, <laughs> when she's in the dress blues, like for ceremonies and stuff like that. And the belt right. is very heavy. It is very I am always wearing my gun and my badge. Right, with the baton and the handcuffs and all of that stuff, she said. That's, That's what she a, told me. That can't be. I've seen Ray Kelly and these guys walking. They're not carrying no so belt. So you did your you did your research. No, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but I also think, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, the writers and like the showrunner were speaking. I thought they said somebody out here help me because I know some of you guys are out here. Um, didn't he speak to Bill Bratton, the son of Bill Bratton? <laughs> he is. Yeah, Bill Bratton's son is actually on your team. Okay. <laughs> See? I know. I want to. You know what? Whoever, the, whatever the prop person hands me, I put on, and I don't ask a lot of questions. Maybe that's my first problem. <laughs> what kind of prep research did you do? I mean, it, LA is very interesting. I'm from I'm from South Central Los Angeles, so the the history of the police chief in Los Angeles has been very checkered uh, with regard to many different communities in Los Angeles. I think it's obvious in the first episode, the challenges that a police chief would have. What, mm -hmm. what did you find interesting as Edie Falco in mm -hmm. your prep? <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I'll put you on right. the spot. It's a funny question. I mean, funny in that it's not very funny. But uh, I read an interview with Anthony Hopkins recently mm. about the two popes. Yes which I just was blown away by. I he just gets better and better. And he's just one of the most beautiful, subtle actors. Anyway, this interview is about, someone said, so what kind of prep, what kind of research did you do to play the Pope, you know, a real person who existed? And he said, I didn't do any research. 
He said, I know what it's like to be a person. And I was there opposite the other actor, and we worked out. The, and I almost cried. I broke down in, with gratitude because I, I don't know about research. I don't know how to do research. I have tried. I've been kind of pushed into it by, by overzealous producers. Is and I found myself standing opposite someone who really had the job that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't find it helpful. I find it confusing. It, it involves a different part of my brain than the part of me that acts. Some actors swear by I it. I know. And don't that, they you call know, it like a method of some kind? Yeah, I'm sure they do. God bless them. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis becomes the other person, you know, is referred to by the character's name. Everybody works in different ways. And there were years ago where I would have made up a whole story about my prep right now, but I'm over it. Aww. <laughs> Go, girl. No apologies. It is what it is. I don't know. I work in a different way, whatever that way is. Yeah, and what you, can you identify? How does Edie Falco work? Well, it's about what is written. What does she say? What do the other characters say about her? Who are the people in her life? Who's her daughter, her granddaughter, her co-workers? What's the environment that she's working in? These are all the things that I take in in the first days of working on a new job. What am I wearing? You know, who's, what is the vibe like with the other characters? You know, as these actors are discovering their characters, I'm doing the same. And the perfect arrangement here is that Tommy is new to this city, yes. as I am new to the show. So I had that working in my advantage that she didn't know any of these people, she doesn't know the offices, and I thought, well, that's, to use your word, serendipitous. Serendipitous. So, so that's, that's kind of what it is. I'm just, you're in the moment and you're, it's a lot like playing when you're a little kid, when you're playing like, you know, cowboys and Indians. Like nobody's saying like, so what would a cowboy, really? you're just playing. You're deep in, you're, your imagination takes over and you're, living the life of a person with different life circumstances. And Tommy's life circumstances is she has a black ex-husband, she has a biracial daughter in a bad marriage, uh, non-communicative, but it's the, the, the drama of the in-law that you are is, is really interesting how you play it. It's like, okay, I'm not that mother-in-law. Mm. I, I was I, I was most interested in how you because I'm a new mother-in-law, mm. very new. That's right. And I had an excellent mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was perfect. Wow, you don't hear that a lot. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So well, she, as we find her, she's not only a new mother-in-law; she's kind of a new mother because mm -hmm. she had been I don't know estranged, but certainly. Uh, is not particularly close with her daughter who's now grown. So she finds herself with a grown daughter, the grown daughter's husband and their child. And she's suddenly thrown into this role and can she actually be that person to these people or is she just a peer at this point, you know? And so she's gotta find her way. What will her daughter be interested in participating in, which is a big part of it. So yeah, there's a lot of, lot of confusion, a lot of complications. But uh, you know, the more I'm out and about in the world, it's very much like a lot of people <laughs> just juggling a lot, a lot of crazy circumstances and juggling them as best you can. Can you relate to her? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I, I, I have a really very, you know, my, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm a single mom with two kids and I have a crazy work schedule. Um, but I, I, I don't know, I, I have a, 
I'm very happy. I'm like a happy person. I don't know, and I'm able to kind of roll with things better than maybe than maybe she is harder on herself than I am now, because I've spent a lot more time in therapy than she has. So I don't know. I'm, we're different in that way. I think I'm. I might be a little more stable. I don't think I've ever had that word used that close to my name, but uh, I think it might actually be true. So you're playing more stable characters as opposed to more moralistic characters because back in the day you played some real challenged people. Yeah, I know. I, I think, um, I mean, I never really know what it is that appeals to me about a character. I, I, I know that I'm reading the script and I'm, you know, my heart rate will go up and I'm reading the next page voraciously. And that's when I know, oh yeah, I guess this is the next thing I'm gonna do. Um, but I couldn't say it's because of this, this, and this. Um, but I do, you know, I will not get into this, I promise, but we're in a very interesting time in our country. And I took today pretty hard. I, I had not anticipated feeling as, 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 as dark as I feel today. Um, I, we're off center as a, as, a, as a people, maybe as a species, I don't know. And it's, uh, it is really shaking me to my core. So the idea that I can um, portray a person who is still listening to that very, very quiet, accurate thing that's inside each of us and letting that guide her decisions. I don't know, I for one would love a person like that in charge where you feel like ultimately the part of them that's making decisions is, is way bigger than their, than their ideas about what they think is right and wrong. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> that's it. Well, I know a lot of people out there absolutely loved the demons that you were carrying in some of your <laughs> other characters, like Carmella, yeah. Soprano, yeah. and Nurse Jackie. You, you obviously seem to know how to pick a hit. I mean, so, cause that you're, that's two major back-to-back -back hits that nobody really saw coming at a time where you saw it coming? No, not me either. I mean, I, I never know. I'm, I'm the last person to know. I don't, I don't have my, my finger on the pulse of anything, to be honest with you. All I know is I read a script and I am personally moved by it, or I can see value in following this trajectory. Um, I think it excites me to no end that perhaps there are people who agree with that judgment, but I never know that going in. I really am just listening to my own idea about what's, what next will challenge me or excite me. Uh, and I, you know, it's beyond, again, so it's this gratitude thing that I'm living in. You talk a lot yeah, about gratitude. but it's for real. I mean, I know it's also like exercises you do in workbooks and stuff, but somehow over the years, I have really developed a sense of that that lives and breathes inside of me. I mean, I look around at the way other people live and uh, even the way I lived in my earlier life, um, certainly my first many years in the city before I started working, there are very difficult lives being lived out there and I get to do this thing for a living that I absolutely, it just fulfills me to no end. Uh, I am filled, filled with gratitude every day about it and it's not something I have to work out. And I have, I have gratitude about that. 
that I have gratitude. <laughs> no kidding. I'm like, I mean, really, it, it carries you through all your ills, as far well, as I'm is, concerned. Is that due to your 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 constant or daily meditation? Your I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But I've done a lot of stuff over the years. I'm also uh, I'm sober, so I've been in twelve step meetings. Have have had a big part of uh, of my just learning how to live. Um, I've been to every kind of new church, and I went to Marianne Williamson's Course in Miracles lectures <laughs> really? for years. She was really one of my first, you know, teachers in that regard. And I, you know, I found Buddhism 20 plus years ago, and a particular teacher, and I've stayed with that, and it really it n never ceases to resonate with me. But it's some amalgamation of all of those things, I think. Uh, you get tired of feeling crappy, so you mm. really do look for a way out. And uh, when you realize, okay, so it's not alcohol and it's not drugs and it's, uh, you know, not other ways of, of sort of checking out. And uh, this whole other system kicks in that's really very powerful and very reliable. And I've been living it for a while. So. Uh, oftentimes people, again, serendipity has a funny way of like bringing things to you in your life. Mm. Like there might be people in this audience who are like where you were. It's like, what's that, what's that helpful gift of knowing, hey, I'm in that spot because Clearly, I'm functional, mm -hmm. right? Clearly, I can go about my day and do what I need to do right. and entertain folk. But like, what? What's that aha moment for you to break through whatever it is? Yeah, it's different for everybody. Um, for and you, for me, well, you mean back in the day or whenever? I mean, because it, it's a constant, right? Yes, it is. It is a constant, but there is a level. Um, below which I no longer go. You know, I don't. I don't get those the, the horrible places anymore. I really am pretty. Again, I'm pretty stable in so far as how I run my life, what kind of parent I am. I hope what kind of person I am. There are fluctuations within that, but it doesn't feel scary or dangerous like it used to. Um, it feels like a very workable, uh, manageable way of doing my life these days. And I, it's not that way for everybody. It didn't used to be that way for me. Where did it come from? I don't know, all of this stuff, all the different kinds of searching, you know, I would love to think that it's not like, you know, I started to work more consistently so I got happy. I think it was the other way around. I think I kind of got my shit Dream. together and, and, and uh, kind of got my head on straight and things start to answer that, you know. The world shows up for you in a different way. Different way. Are, th are there certain things you you aren't ready to tackle or, or, or aren't in regard to work? You to, mean? In regard to work, nope. Uh, have that dream part that you always wanted to play? Nope. I mean, uh, of the classics and stuff. Um, you know, I, there are people who really do, let's say Shakespeare, very very well and have a particular passion for it, and I'm so thrilled to watch them do that. But that's not me. Um, which is not to say if someone offered me Shakespeare tomorrow and it was, I was interested, I wouldn't do it. I'm, I, I reserve the right to change my mind every five seconds. But um, I'm always thrilled when people, I forget if it was Sopranos or something. Uh, John Sayles wrote me um, a letter many years ago. I had been a huge fan of his forever. And he said, I know you were in Sopranos. I'm embarrassed to say I've never seen it, but I, I watched this little film that you did million years ago right after college and I thought you might be perfect for this role that I didn't this movie and uh, the uh, the excitement around the fact that he had no preconceptions of what I could or couldn't do he saw this little teeny thing I did after college the idea that people will still show up with a new 
incarnation, for another thing for me to step into that I've never done before is tremendously exciting to me. Yeah, you like meeting people that way too, don't you? I do, I definitely do. <laughs> you don't want them to know a thing about you. Mm -hmm. And just uh, let me, you tell me who to become. That's, that's, that's my job. That, that, that is the secret. Mm. That is the secret. So I want to throw it out because I know that there are tons of questions out there from, for, from this audience. And I was a Soprano fan, but I know I'm not or a Nurse Jackie fan the way the folks out here are. And so if I can have, I, I just think the much more interesting questions sometimes come back from them. I hear you. So I want to start it off with you guys. And if I could, can we, can we go there right now? I think they want to bring out, hello. bring out the questions. Yeah, I think they're bringing them They're bringing the questions out. Well, look at this. Fantastic, awesome. Okay, and we can go back to you and me. And sure, sure, sure. So if you had to compare, how did I know this? Carmela Soprano, Nurse Jackie, and Tommy. Oh my Lord. <laughs> what would you say? The I would similarities, say I, I don't want the that differences. Job. Kidding, go on, sorry. Yeah. What are their similarities? similarities oh goodness. Uh, they, they all kind of have their feet on the ground in some way. They're all uh, sort of pig-headed. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are similarities because I can't help but put a little bit of myself in all those things, but uh, the differences are, I think, both uh, Carmela and Jackie are in some state of denial. I mean, a very solid, workable one, but they're living their day-to-day -day lives um, just ignoring some very big pieces of their life. And there really is no way around that. Otherwise, they would have to tackle it. The fact that her husband is a murderer. And the fact that, that, little, thing? that little thing. And the fact that Jackie is, a, is an addict. Mm. They kind of have to put all that stuff aside. And one of the things that was so appealing to me about Tommy is she's kind of, she's showing up for it, you know? She's braver about facing all that stuff. Thus far in one season, you know, from what I can see from the writing, she really is, she's pretty solidly showing up for the things that are difficult. She, she's steady. Yeah, she's steady and she's reliable, even to herself, I think. Yeah, not falling apart. So of the three TV female characters, um, which is closest to the real you? Oh my goodness. Uh, Tommy, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, depends on what chapter of my life we're talking about, but right now, I think it would be, it would be Tommy, I think. So here you are, you hadn't become this actress, someone asks. What would you have liked to have become? If I hadn't become an actress? I thought I would be a therapist, actually. I'm not entirely sure that I am not going to eventually become a therapist. It's profoundly interesting to me. It has really changed my life immeasurably. And uh, I find it endlessly fascinating, the way our minds work. So I don't know. That occurred to me. I also like to sew, like I sew little things. So maybe I'd be a seamstress. I don't know. You, you, you talked about gratitude. And I, I, I sense that, that it stems from the fact that you think like all of this perhaps may not have been meant for you. Mm. Or, or that, you know, access to it in the least right. 
uh, wasn't like available to you. I mm. mean, you were kind of a middle-class kid working, coming Waitressing. from a family. Yeah. For a million years, I grew up as a, like a little nerdy, strange kid on Long Island who just wanted to do this acting thing. And I, I came to New York and I was told like, I remember, gosh, one of my earliest like go-sees, I think I went to like a general audition for a soap opera thousand years ago and I brought my my picture in and the person looked at me and looked at me and looked at me and said well we'll put this aside occasionally we actually do use your type and I what type what I type that's is? as far as the conversation went I've been wondering ever since what that actually was referring to but I got, I got all kinds of weird comments from people over the years who didn't quite know what to do with me because I guess I didn't fit into any easily recognizable category but there were many, many years where I wondered just how crazy an idea this was to think that I could support myself this way. Years and years of waking up early on a Sunday to have to set up a restaurant for the Sunday brunch. Just, I, I could not, I would say like a little mantra to myself, it won't always be like this, it won't always be like this. And I still can't believe that I was right, <laughs> that I was right, that it really, it, that all of it, has happened, is happening, continues to happen in a way ever so much more glorious than my little ideas of what my life would be like. You know, I, I, I'm not from a showbiz family. I mean, I, I don't know how any of this happened. <laughs> it's just, but it, it, it's sort of preposterous to me. But I, I mean, it's just gratitude, just tremendous gratitude. You I went, just love it. I love this. Yeah, you went to CUNY Purchase. Yeah. I said it right, right? SUNY. SUNY. State Why University. Are, yeah. Well, CUNY is City University. I am, God, I'm such a Californian. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's all good. Yeah, but no, I, I, I sit back. You got that start on Broadway. Well, little, little theaters. Teeny, teeny theaters. Well, yeah, that's what I mean by Broadway. Yeah, well, no. Right? That's not right? No. Yeah, that's, a, that's California. Theater. Yeah. Theater. Theater. I started in theater, community theater and stuff like that. And then I would do little teeny theaters and little hole-in-the-wall theaters in New York. And then doing Broadway was a very big deal, my first Broadway show. Um, and then you find out it really is, it's very different for a lot of reasons. It's a big, it's a lot, it's about money. It's about selling tickets. There, you get sort of thrown into this whole machine. Uh, with Broadway, so it, there is a, it's a very different feeling. I but you enjoyed it and you had great, great success. I loved it, totally loved it. I mean, the plays are good, they're interesting, you get great actors, and I believe someone's arrived yes, at your door. Yes, I think more questions, I'm not done with these. But, but no, I, I, I No, I loved working on Broadway, I loved it, but it is, it's different from when a bunch of your friends get together to put on a play, it's a very different feeling. And, and, that, <laughs> and that Broadway, the, although, well, the Broadway, the Broadway play that made it for you was a very was a pivotal time for you when The Sopranos came along, mm. and yeah. and and you chose to do it, and this is on a whim because you wanted to pay off your student loan. Yeah, I remember. I'm still dear. I was doing a play called Sideman. It started as a a reading in a basement. I just filled in. I filled in for Marissa Tomei, who was supposed to do it, and they said she dropped out at the last minute. Will you come in and just read this part? And so I was in the basement of, of uh, some place um, for my dear friend Warren Light. We did the reading, and then it got a little bit of interest. We, the reading became a bigger thing, and then it became a production, then it became um, off-Broadway, then it went to uh, um, uh, out-of-town workshop, and then Broadway, and then London, and then Broadway again. It was this total Cinderella story. 
But right when, after years and years of creating this character and this play from nothing, all of us, like a bunch of little nerdy kids, like I said, a bunch of friends get together, put on a play, it got an offer of a Broadway run just as I got offered The Sopranos. And it was a real, it was an awful chapter in my life. And to this day, my friend Warren says, you know, I still can't believe you took that TV show instead of continuing with this. <laughs> but as luck would have it, I did Sopranos, and the show was still running on Broadway, and the woman who was playing the character that I played had to leave the show because she got pregnant. So I ended up doing it on Broadway. It all works out. It's serendipity, right? Yep. So why is Tommy closest to the real you? Back to that question. Uh, I think because she is not as uh, messed up, maybe, as some of these other characters, that she's pretty steady that she's a little bit uh, obnoxious about her belief in justice and uh, uh, to the point where, I mean, I don't know, I think she tries really hard to be a good person. And I, I think I do share that with her. Even in ways that it may not work out or it's harder than it appears, I think that's what she, I think that is what she really wants. Yeah, this is a pretty big ensemble cast. Yeah. Uh, what's that like? I mean, it's a little different from... It, no, it's not. No? It feels, it feels, it's about similar in I mean, Sopranos was monstrously large, but um, this one feels about right. There's usually, I don't know, six or seven people that are there kind of all the time, and then we have people who come in, you know, a little more often, then we have day players, but the main, uh, you know, ensemble uh, that makes up the, the main players of the precinct are, uh, People that I, you've, I can't help it, but I, I very quickly fall in love with them. It's just something that happens. <laughs> and I, I got to see each of their audition tapes, so I, I was like, yes, 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 yes. And now they're all part of this work life, and a lot of them are, um, haven't had a ton of experience in mm -hmm. television, so they have an excitement about it that you can't uh, fake. And they're not over it. They're not like, they're, yeah, well, I did this because I needed to, you know, whatever, or pay, pay off, off my student, student loan. loan. <laughs> <laughs> I totally saw that. They may have, but they're not advertising that fact. So, but there's something lovely about being people who really, you can tell that the gratitude that they feel about being a part of a television show on, on a network show. And I think we have a really lovely work environment. It's lovely to show up there, and people are nice to each other. I think, it's, I think we got something good in that regard. Back to The Sopranos. Go on. Will you watch the new Soprano movie? Oh, for sure. Um, I remember a conversation with Mr. Jim Gandolfini when he mm. said, yeah, I'm going to be a dad. Like, I mean, when it first happened, he had this, like, deer-in-the-headlights look on his face. Like, uh, um, he couldn't believe it was happening. He was terrified and excited. And then this baby is born, and we get to meet him, and he's on set. and. Uh, I was sitting a couple of seats down from uh, Michael Gandolfini, his son, when he got his first haircut. Mm. Jim was sitting in the chair, and Michael was sitting in his lap. And Michael was uh, he was crying. He was very upset. And my, Jim was holding him like this, trying to hold him as, as the haircutter person was doing his hair. And um, Jim was like dripping in sweat. He was like <laughs> laughing our heads off. And now. This, I believe he's 19, this 19-year-old boy is playing Jim in the movie. It's just, you can't make this stuff up. It's very, very deeply meaningful to me 
to see it. So of course I, I will see it, yes. Yeah, the loss of, of such a prominent fixture in your life, yeah. I can't imagine. I think it hasn't really, I haven't uh, accepted that as real. I think it may take uh, longer than it should probably, but. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, very, beyond being a great actor, just a really lovely man. Yeah, and a good friend to you. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the cast, you guys spend much time together? Um, you stay my, in touch? One of my best friends in the world is Aida Tutoro. She is sort of the godmother to my kids, and she played Janice Soprano. She played uh, Jim's, Tony's sister. And uh, she and I are very close. Some of the crew people from Sopranos went on to Nurse Jackie and then have come on to this show. No kidding. Oh, it couldn't be better. Like my first day on set of this thing, I saw people who worked on Sopranos. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I get attached to people. I can't was that So that was by design? Some of it, well, some of it was, but all, I mean, people, it's very hard to hold down a crew person because there's work everywhere and they're going all over the place. And I was so grateful when a bunch of Nurse Jackie people were gonna, um, were willing to come on over to this thing with me. Um, but I wasn't sure any Sopranos people were available, but when they heard that this was happening, they jumped on and here we all are together again. I'm just so giddily happy about it. So what, what, what's kept you grounded, Edie? I mean, like two mega hits. Well, one huge supernova hit. <laughs> Another steady as a rock. Um, like work on Broadway, work in, you know, short run series, movies. I mean, in this realm, in this realm, oh, I thought somebody was coming. Oh, no, 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 nobody's there, not that <laughs> no, I know but of. but in this realm, in this day and age, I mean, is it, does it come from that sense of like knowing how hard it is and knowing that it can all go away? Well, that's the part of it, is that uh, I think I've been blessed by the fact that I waitressed for a million years, that mm. I mean, I know what it's like to, to, to uh, not work. Uh, I know what it's like to be really busted broke. Um, I know what it's like to feel unstable uh, in, your, uh, in your life and in your sense of yourself. And I also know that I, I made it through that. And, you know, I certainly hope this doesn't happen, but that if, you know, if this whole thing could fall apart tomorrow, because there's so much about it that I have no control over. And that you, you learn, you know, this, this Buddhist principle of non-attachment. Mm. You know what I mean? That I'm so grateful for what's in my life right now, but the happiness is, is here, and I think it's here. It might even be here permanently. So that, I mean, whatever comes and goes, it's great if it can, you know, sort of augment my happiness. But when it disappears, I don't know that the happiness disappears too. I'll always find something that I love to do. Um, yeah, I spent many years doing little plays with friends in weird spaces. And the truth is, if, if this, uh, you know, success falls apart, I'll go back to that, you know? I was, uh, you know, I was happy as I could be during those times when I had to run out for a waitressing shift, so. Yeah, as I understand it, you're doing little plays right now. Any chance I get, you know, um, I am, I did Written play by little people. Ago. I don't know what that means. Little plays written by little people. Oh, that, that's another thing I do when I can. 52nd Street Project, I'm sure some people out here must know what that is. It's, uh, they're um, plays written by uh, usually inner city kids in the area of 52nd Street on the west side. Um, 
they write these plays based on their lives, and then adult actors perform them. And they're just it's some of the best stuff I've ever seen or been a part of in the city. But that can't be easy. I mean, like... oh, it's not. But but it's so much fun. It's so, so very rarely do, are you prepared by the time you put this play up. So you, you're just barely getting the right lines, and you're kind of making up blocking that wasn't quite worked out before. But it's funny and delightful. And the, this little kid, like an 11-year-old, is sitting in a little desk in the corner <laughs> with a little light over them, watching their play being performed. You By Edie Falco. No, and the well, they don't, yeah, they don't know who I am. Wait, well, they don't know some of the names, some of your co-stars. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty Well, no, Frances McDormand has done stuff over there. I mean, all kinds of... Um, Really great actors, but these kids don't know from nothing. They just yeah, say, oh, my don't. God, my play. <laughs> and they're so adorable. They're just so darling watching this. And what, what, what must that do for a little kid's oh. ego, for a little kid's sense of themselves to, to see that kind of thing happen? It's a great organization. Yeah, I, I, I think about you keeping it in check. But maybe the dialogue isn't quite right, or maybe the, the action isn't quite realistic. Mm -hmm. You probably had some practice in dealing with some adults who didn't find that <laughs> that's that line either. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, how do you set yourself back and, and, and put them out there first and foremost? The kids? The kids, and some of those other adults. I'm not sure I follow you. Well, I'm sure not every script that you've read. By, by these kids? No, no, no. Oh, in every, general? Just in general. Yeah. Well, you know, I had no is a complete sentence. So, I mean, I've turned down a lot of stuff over the years. Like, if I'm not moved by it, I, I, I tend not to get involved. But yes, even on, you know, any, anything I'm working on, if the dialogue doesn't feel right, I'm, I'm, I'll bring it up and, and uh, I'll either argue for my choice or I'll say, oh, I understand why it needs to be this way. Have you ever said no to something you wish you hadn't? No. So, uh, so everything good you've played? I mean, every, I, I really wanted to do the movie Pollock that ended up being done by Marcia Gay Harden. I think she got a Oscar a nomination or yeah. something for that. And I, I really had thought I was going to get that. With Ed Harris, right? With Ed Harris. Oof. And I was really bummed about that. But other than that, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I really what? wanted. Why did she get it over you, Edie? She, well, she, you know what? Marsha Gay Harden is really good. You know what? She's damn good. <laughs> I mean, she's one of my all-time favorites. So, And I, I am not that gracious all the time, by the way. I mean, I got a couple of people. I'm like, are you kidding me? You gave that to her? So anyway, Marsha Gay Harden is not one of those people. I just really think she's great. But I, I was still seriously bummed that I didn't get it. Yeah, I hear you can be pretty critical on the craft, which is why you don't watch a lot of TV or movies. It's true. I mean, I, I, but it's true. I am very critical. I mean, I don't say it to the people. Okay, that's. I'll just say it to my friends behind their backs, <laughs> which I hear is very mature. But. Uh, I have very strong feelings about this thing that I do and that I love. And uh, I, it also makes it that much more joyful when I see something that I think is really great. Really, it can carry me for, you know, for weeks after a show. I wake up thinking about it. Just, I'm still so excited by this, this particular art form. So what is your favorite TV show? <sighs> you know I'm putting what? you on the spot. No, I, I, I don't know. Movie? Right now, I'm watching The Outsiders. Outsiders or The Outsider, the HBO thing, the Stephen King thing. 
Um, that Ben Mendelsohn, Australian guy, is really, 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 really good, like otherworldly good. Like I'm watching him like, I don't know, it feels like watching a surgeon. Like what is he? That's incredible. So he, like a whole new, I don't know, he's just, you know, when I see Meryl Streep do a certain role or something, I'm literally watching them like, I'm just, I'm still so thrilled by it when it's, when I think it's, it's done beautifully. Well, is it the chemistry of it or? I, it, sometimes it is. It's the way like someone like Ben Mendelsohn can work opposite someone who might not even be as good as him. And he's still able to make you believe in that relationship. The dance. Something's happening out there that's making noise. What's that? Oh, somebody's phone. Yeah. Turn it off! Yeah. So what are you hoping folks here will get from uh, Tommy? I mean, what's the takeaway for you? Gosh, you know. Because uh, it is all about Tommy tonight. That's right. I, I, yeah. Um, I hope they enjoy it. Honestly, I mean, I hope it's something that they feel uh, a little bit better after having seen it than before. I hope they believe these characters really believe in the things that they say they do. And uh, <laughs> want them to imagine a world where the person in charge has your back. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry. Reminder, folks, Tommy premieres tomorrow night at 10 p.m. on CBS. So, folks, give it up. Thanks for listening. 92Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92Y.org archives.